scab for the bosses don't listen to their lies as poor folks haven't got a chance lest we organize which side are um, you on do you know what my album of the year was your album of the year yeah my album of the year my personal album of the year no what was it Kind of political, but mostly sad. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it was a pretty good one. I liked it. It's a Grammy winner in my heart. <laughs> Thank you. The Grammy, the the Phoebe's. Yeah, and I <laughs> personally, I will say that is a higher honor and a better award than a Grammy because the Grammys are rigged and shitty. In my opinion. Is, is perfect. Yeah, flawless and the mm-hmm. most important one and should be held in the, at the highest Truly. Uh, regard. I mean, I would say I feel like you do have, like you put in a lot of like thought in, in your music ana- analyses. Thank you. So, I do. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, I'm writing a, I guess, dissertation. I don't know. I don't go to college, so I don't know what the best term would be. Essay, perhaps, <laughs> um, on the complexities of Kesha's 20... Uh, insert year here album animal yeah um so someday that will be released and i will probably read it on our bonus episodes or something truly not only will it be released but i feel like we should also drop the like the actual dissertation on patreon i'll drop the drop the google doc exactly Um, but then you can really drop the doc (laughs) then you can really know my my Mm -hmm. music Mm -hmm. analyses brain i want to do a essay on how vampires have always been gay Oh, yeah. Like, and, like, throughout all of history, like, because you have, like, obviously, like, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker was so fucking gay. Oh, my God. He had a huge crush on uh, Walt Whitman. Like, he, like, (laughs) wrote love letters to Walt Whitman. Uh, And also, like, Dracula's just always been, like, a gay icon. So gay. And then, like, when you move even into, like, modern times, you have, like, just how the vampires in twilight and even like more modern vampire stories are portrayed it's very like queer coded mm-hmm, in a way mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like, they're very clean they're very like right they dress really well yeah you know? there's just a yeah. lot of like yeah like true blood mm-hmm. yeah vampire diaries hell. vampire diaries yeah. yeah even if they're like air quotes straight like they, yeah. they have the the gay vibes for yes sure. yes i will say I refuse to believe that Edward Cullen was a was a virgin. Me too. You're telling honestly. me that man was alive for I don't know 200 years or whatever and never fucked. Didn't fuck one time. Like, how much of a loser do you have to be <laughs> to literally live for like not only multiple decades but like centuries mm-hmm. and not get any pussy? I love to like. Ooh. Oh well. <laughs> I love too that like the the show and the book like justify it by being like well. He's just traditional. It's not that he like didn't have the chance to. He just refused. <laughs> yeah. As and it's like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. He just refused <laughs> until he met a high schooler. Yeah, until he met a high schooler. That's what sealed it for him. <laughs> a high schooler who like I don't know was like uh, fine. I guess I don't know. They don't really seem like they have that deep of a connection. But not really at all. No. I, and that's coming from somebody who loves Twilight. Like, I love yes. Twilight. Oh, yeah. It's iconic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Anyway, but. welcome to our podcast, TwiCast, <laughs> where we dissect the movies and the books, mm-hmm. Twilight. 
Honestly, down. I also <laughs> bonus episode. Bonus episode. Um, no, obviously this is Remarks, and I am Phoebe, and I am Taylor, and we love you. Um, Boy, do we! So almost as much as I love getting a large amount of like toxic plastics and burning them in my front yard. Yes, into the environment, and that is like the f- number one thing that I love the most. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's kind of my like my life philosophy, really, yeah. and what I like try what I like strive to like accomplish the most in my <laughs> life is just <laughs> the larger and larger pile of plastics that I can burn. Yeah, in my yard, the more <laughs> I feel like an accomplished person. Truly, truly, y'all thought that that joke was going away forever. Never, I'm bringing it back, baby. Never. Because, as we all know, scientists have been lying to us, and True. really, when you burn the plastics, the particles gather up, like, the pollutants in the air, mm-hmm. and it, like, melds them all together, and it gets rid of them. It it cleanses. Yeah, yeah. The earth cleans itself. The earth. Yeah. No, it does. And, you know, it does that by using melted plastics. Truly, yeah. No, melted plastics are, like, if you listen to the episode a few weeks ago, what Phoebe said about mushrooms... Uh, melted plastics are even better. So, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh, love it. Today we are going to talk to you about big, <laughs> big insert, big blank. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I excited. Am. Uh, this week's uh episode topic is brought to you by a vintage advertisement that I saw on Twitter. This ad from the 1980s promoting simply the concept of cheese itself (laughs) is like one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen and is just like the most hilarious look into what PSAs were like in the 80s. So I'm going to play that for you. I'm so ready. Let me get it pulled up. Here it is. food with real cheese order mexican food with real cheese cheese glorious cheese order sandwiches with real cheese whatever you order in your favorite restaurant real cheese makes it better it's cheese marvelous cheese fabulous cheese it's catchy as hell yeah so that's just beautiful. Um, literally a, a PSA that just says cheese, glorious cheese. So how could you not? I mean, that's very, I, I love that. Like, was that, maybe you'll get into this with your article, but was that like funded by the government? Like, were they just trying to get people to like be into cheese? Oh, we will talk about it. Oh, okay. We will talk about it. The plot thickens. The plot does thicken. Um, <laughs> like so cheese, you like, could say. Mm? <laughs> oh, <laughs> So I sent this video to my family group chat and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And my parents obviously were alive in the 80s and my dad was like, oh, ha, ha, yep, I remember that. And so then he sent me this PSA from the 70s, which y'all might remember if you were around. Well, 
Did you ever, have you ever heard that before? Not once, but I love hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yes. Um, So the video is of this like little sentient hunk of cheese. This little freak. With this (laughs) fucking freak with like a cowboy hat on. Um, Anyway, and so Taylor, I'm sure you remember the Got Milk campaign. Yes, that Mm -hmm. one I do recall. Burned into your brain forever, I'm sure. All the fucking like athletes that I don't know, didn't know when I was a kid Uh just being like, I drink milk, got milk or whatever. And like you the should milk too. Mustaches. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from the 90s and early 2000s, as you were saying, this was a campaign where the dairy industry got celebrities to pose with a milk mustache painted on their upper lip, which I always found it disgusting, by the way. Yeah. Even as a child, I was like, ew. Well, because um, I'm sure that wasn't real milk. It like, wasn't. It had to be fake. It was paint. Yeah, yeah, because milk doesn't look like that no. when you get it on your lip yeah anyway um and they had a glass of milk in their hands and the words got milk question mark plastered on a poster these posters were hung in schools libraries and there was like commercials on tv about got milk with a fucking celebrity um people such as britney spears elton john and even kermit the frog (laughs) did this shit um it was a really weird ad campaign and uh, as we were saying, it wasn't selling any particular product, but really just promoting the concept of milk in general, <laughs> encouraging people, but mostly kids, to drink more milk. Um, so these type of ads are called PSAs, and I don't really think that we have PSAs anymore, like at least not like we used to. Yeah. It's definitely different, and I think it's more sly these days. You, you're not getting cheese, glorious cheese PSAs as much <laughs> anymore. Uh, but that's a topic for a different day. Um, PSA stands for Public Service Announcement. Um, TV stations used to have to dedicate a certain amount of time to children's public service announcements. So this could be about like nutrition, wearing mm-hmm. seatbelts, stranger danger, whatever. Um, and so how did we get to having PSAs with a sentient hunk, hunk of cheese dancing around? I mean, capitalism in its finest form, really. Oh, truly, <laughs> truly the greatest gift that capitalism ever gave us was the hanker for a hunk of cheese, man. Truly, yeah. Yeah. In his little <laughs> cowboy hat and boots. Yeah, I remember, and this is uh, not on topic per se, but I do remember like the drug uh psas were yes fucking ingrained in my brain yes because like like you remember that that marijuana one where the girl was like deflated on the couch yes that one i feel like i yeah i like remember so vividly yep and i mean it didn't help like i have done plenty of drugs but (laughs) (laughs) i was like i want to melt in the couch that sounds awesome actually like i want to be what she's on yeah yeah i want her high there was also, I remember this PSA where it was like this kid and the guy, they're like at a cafe or something and the dude's like, we're about to go smoke weed. And the kid was like, nah, man, I'm going to go study. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is a real PSA, but the the one that was around like on Twitter a while ago where it's like, are they smoking or are they gay? Because they like, <laughs> it's like these two guys that go into the bathroom together and then they like, like to smoke cigarettes, oh I guess. And then it like. And then it like freeze frames and it's like, are they smoking or are they gay as they like close the bathroom door? Oh my God. That shit fucking hilarious. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> last one I will talk about and then we'll get on to what my subject's actually about. But remember the Hillary Duff uh, don't use gay as like an insult one? Yes, 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 yes. Where yes. she's like, oh, 
blah, blah, blah. Don't say gay. That's mean. That would be like me saying, that's so girl wearing a skirt as a top. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't remember that part, but <laughs> it's 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 golden. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Um, anyway, so cheese PSAs, milk PSAs. During World War One, the government sent over canned and powdered milk to U.S. soldiers fighting overseas to aid with malnutrition during the war. Um, which cow milk can be good in a pinch when you don't have access to other nutritional foods and you need a quick, easy, and filling boost. Um, especially like the canned or the powdered stuff mm-hmm. doesn't spoil, so it's a yeah, it's it's an easy way it's to <laughs> give you yes the nutrition that you need in like a little punch and just like get it over with. And so during this time, the large uptick in milk products being purchased by the government encouraged farmers to focus more on this one product, dairy. And so they scaled down their other crops and livestock to work on producing more milk or like milk adjacent products. Um, but when the war ended, the need for milk dropped. And so this left farmers and the U.S. with a huge surplus of milk. And this is where the advertisements for milk and other dairy products began. In the 1940s, schools had educational, heavy air quotes here, (laughs) materials promoting the nutritional benefits of milk and encouraging children to drink up to four glasses of milk a day. Jesus Christ. Which is like kind of a fuckload of milk. Yeah, like, it might be a little too much milk there. That's like what? uh, 16 plus 16, I can't do math, ounces. 32 ounces? Yeah, of milk. (laughs) That's a lot. Seems like a lot. I don't know. I don't know what the average daily intake of milk is supposed to be. Cause yeah, because that is a lie. It's definitely drink. you should not be drinking four glasses. No, I mean, really, I'm sure you'll get to this. But humans really shouldn't drink cow milk often anyway, yeah. you know, but yeah. 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 Um, in 1946, when the school lunch program was developed, milk became a required part of children's daily meals. And this was like encouraged not even encouraged this was literally put in place by the government they said you must require milk to be a part of the required daily meal for child for children they fucking force them to drink yeah drink the milk drink the fucking milk which always made me so mad when i was in school because i don't like milk i never did and i just was like i was like i honestly would just love like water water would be like some water uh, I feel like there was, when I was in school, we did eventually have some Tampico, yep, which yep. was lit when we had that, because that's what everybody got, because milk was kind of fucking gross, uh-huh. but yeah, no, I mean, for a, a long time, I, I remember in elementary school, it was kind of just always milk. Yes. Um, so the surplus of milk and other dairy products still remained. There was mountains of cheese that were stored in caves, literally. there's There was like caves that just had like... <laughs> shelves and shelves of fucking massive wheels of cheese like jesus truly uh hey over the over yonder i got my i got them there's a cheese cave if you want to go check it out (laughs) we struck cheese (laughs) the government bought up massive amounts of the contents of these cheese caves and sent them into schools to the military and to other countries as like nutritional aid i suppose um, the government was spending around $2 billion a year buying up surplus dairy products and redistributing them. So this was like cheese, milk, powdered mm-hmm. milk, you know, whatever. Um, 
which is fucking crazy. I mean, yeah, I know that the government's always been real big on the fucking farmer subsidies and stuff, yep, but yep. yeah, no, the they deaths would spend that much, I guess. <laughs> and so when Reagan became president in the 80s, he decided to cut dairy spending and direct this money towards making missiles to kill communists instead. Of course, why wouldn't he? That's there's nothing else better to spend your money on. Uh, love it, love a love a Reagan. <laughs> Always making good decisions, that man. Of course. Um, although you know, I don't disagree. Like he's an idiot, and obviously was doing this for dumb reasons. But also, we should not have been spending two billion dollars in fucking milk surplus shit. Like, Truly, yeah. Maybe we just let the big agriculture eat that one. I don't know. Anyway, um, so this cut to dairy funding pissed off the dairy farmers, of course, um. And they lobbied Congress to help them continue pushing cheese and milk in another way with something called a checkoff. A checkoff, not checkoff, Taylor. <laughs> I saw your little <laughs> twinkle in your eye. Like the gun. Like the gun? <laughs> <laughs> um, a checkoff is essentially a tax paid by farmers or more typically the Department of Agriculture. Um, the tax is a small percentage paid per unit sold. And that money goes to the big government to then pay for advertisements for dairy products or meat products. And sadly enough, it is extremely effective. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? Yeah. Um, so I have a quote from the Factory Farming Awareness Coalition that helps explain this. Quote, the beef checkoff program raises by... Whoops, raises sales by $5 per checkoff dollar spent. The pork checkoff program raises sales by $14 per dollar spent. And the lamb checkoff program boosts sales by a shocking $38 per dollar spent. Perhaps most notable, however, is that the dairy checkoff program led individuals to consume an additional 47 servings of dairy products in a year and a half span. Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Like per person, I assume. Like, uh, yes. God, I mean, that's that that seems that adds up. <laughs> yes, it's nuts. Um, and then here's another quote from metanomics.com. <laughs> <laughs> I got your metanomics right here. <laughs> I can't. Oh, uh, it's so dumb. <laughs> Uh, and this also is a good explanation for how this, this dairy and honestly just, just agriculture checkoffs work. Quote, the way they work is simple. Congress slaps a small assessment on certain items and the collected funds are used to pay for research and marketing programs that boost the goods sales. So when animal food producers collect $1 per head of cattle, 40 cents per $100 of pork, or 15 cents per 100 pounds of dairy, the funds go to national, state, and regional marketing groups. Dairy promoters brag that since their checkoff program started in 1983, annual per capita consumption of milk has climbed 12% to 260 pounds. Wow. Yes. So lots of, mil lots of milk being tossed around. <laughs> oh, yeah. One could say. The jugs are full. <laughs> boy are boy are they <laughs> um perhaps even more sinister is the fact that these checkoffs guarantee dairy farmers partnerships with large corporations such as Domino's, starbucks and taco bell to create and push dairy heavy products um and so this is where you see like Domino's is like 
fucking cheese mania pizza. <laughs> Eat it now. Double quadruple McTwist <laughs> stuffed crust right. with extra cheese on top and cheese and a block of cheese coming along on the side. Like... <laughs> Dip it in the cheese sauce. Yeah, no, exactly. Dip your block of cheese in cheese sauce. <laughs> and like Starbucks has like a frappuccino that's like 87% milkshake yeah. or whatever and has like a splash of coffee maybe. I mean, I feel like cheese is like one of the, you know, like I feel like America has like uh, stereotypical foods that we're like obsessed with, like hamburgers, you know, but like yes. cheese is like one of those things. Like, yes. eggs and bacon is another one. Like, it's like a very American thing. Uh huh. Like, cheese is definitely like, we fucking love, <laughs> like, like cheese, like in France, like France loves cheese. Yes. But like, we like, we like put cheese in everything. Yeah, it's like, like smothered in cheese. Like fucking France like eats cheese with crackers and like wine. Right. You know? Like they like yeah. are like cheese They're like, connoisseurs. Oh, these notes. The notes of this cheese exactly. pair so well with this chablis or whatever. And we're just like, oh, you got literally any dish? Let's fucking cover it in cheese. Like <laughs> you eating an apple? Put some cheese put on that. Fucking cheese on it. Like a craft single slapped on it. <laughs> Have you ever done that where you like slap and it flies? Yeah. So great. Oh my God. Uh, Right. So they're in bed with these fucking giant food corporations Mm -hmm. pushing them to put more cheese and dairy and shit (laughs) in their products, which is it literally puts like one slice of Domino's cheesy extreme. And this is real. It's not called fucking cheesy extreme, but whatever. One slice puts you like over the limit. It's, like, twice the limit of, like, your daily dairy intake of what's, like, actually reasonable to eat as a human being. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. And so the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, who creates the guidelines for diet and nutrition in the U.S., and who also is responsible for the SNAP program, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, has a monetary incentive to push products as well as having their hands behind the wheel of massive food service corporations. Absolutely nothing could go wrong here, right? Oh, it never does. I 100% <laughs> uh, agree with you. Um, and you know who else will never do us wrong? Not once. Not Not ever. Uh, is it the uh, fine folks at Anchor Podcasts? It absolutely is. <laughs> they have been nothing but wonderful to us here at Remarks Podcast. Yes, they are not holding a gun to my head right now. <laughs> at all. <laughs> not at all. No, not not in the slightest. Enjoy these beautiful advertisements. Ads. Uh, help me, ads. Help me, help me. <laughs> All right, we are back, and I just wanted to say that I love the smell of some freshly burning plastic in the front lawn. Oh, man, you know how some people, like, you know, Folgers whole thing, it's like, oh, wake up to the smell of Folgers. Mm -hmm. I like to wake up to the smell of burning plastic. Me too. It's truly my favorite way to get the day started. Yep. And all those liberal hippy dippy folks want to tell you Woke moralist. They want the woke moralists as... Jordan Peterson would say, <laughs> uh, want to tell you that I'm going southern now. That uh, <laughs> that it's it ain't like good. They want to tell you not to burn plastic. That's <laughs> that's my Jordan Peterson. That was, that was good. That was I. Uh, I do a pretty good Ben Shapiro. You do. The woke moralists want to, you to believe that uh, <laughs> you 
are not allowed to burn plastic in your front lawn. And I just think that is absolutely unconceivable. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ben. Well. <laughs> that's, that's, it's, I'm losing it. <laughs> Women just really don't appreciate men these days. He literally all, he sounds like he's on the verge of tears at all times. He truly does. And, and he's he also, looks like he is. Yeah. And he's also like not in good health anymore. And he's like getting up there in years. And yeah. he just sounds like more and more like decrepit every time like I hear him like do something new yeah and it's uh yeah no Jordan Peterson honestly we would be stealing a a page from behind the bastards but it would be really funny to watch his show oh my god on the wire so uh, insane for like a bonus episode or something like yeah watch and comment on his fucking show because apparently it's insane uh yeah I, well, I listened to the behind the bats i haven't watched the actual show but yeah yeah i i listened to that episode too where they were like watching like his show him, yeah 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 he's uh he's he's quite a he's a guy he's he's a guy <laughs> i hate too man. that when i see people like just unironically like sharing his little like self-help mm. advice and stuff mm. and i'm like this guy hates women. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I, share this. There's so many people like that that are like, well, and this is not even, we got to talk about milk some more, but like the TikTokification of like these little clips of like small muscly men who have <laughs> podcasts who are white, who are like, I get up every day and I swallow 18 raw eggs and also <laughs> women should be forced to have my babies. And then it like goes around and people share it. And it, yeah. it's just, it's very, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's like a modicum of truth. And then they just like wrap it up in like a sushi roll uh-huh. of misogyny and yes. like terrible grind culture stuff. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. just, I, I don't know. The like. in of grind culture. It's, Although, it's a huge thing. I, I don't feel know. they've kind of always gone hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely Weirdly. A, a line to be made and maybe that's for a different podcast definitely is. Like <laughs> with MGTOW and everything like, uh, very, like self-improvement. Like I'm a man and I don't need women. Like kind mm-hmm. of a thing that mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with it's weird, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about nutrition. Something that is completely not at all what we were just talking about, but no. you got me going on the Jordan Peterson thing and I can't <laughs> shut up about it. Um, so you may remember the quote unquote food pyramid from when we were kids. Do you remember that? Boy do I Oh, it was again something that was really strangely heavily pushed for us to never stop thinking about. And I'm I mean, like why anybody our age like that shit's burned into yes. them, like their minds yes. from like fucking elementary school like yeah i think every classroom i had like in my first six years of school had the food pyramid in it oh yeah yeah um yeah i, I probably was a large cause of some disordered eating for folks our age I would imagine <laughs> sorry guys um yeah so you know the fucking food pyramid there was posters up on the lunchroom wall like letting you know how much of each food group you needed to consume Mm -hmm. in order to maintain a healthy diet and like grow up big and strong well guess what (laughs) it's all bullshit (laughs) as it usually is Uh um in fact that pyramid has now been changed into like another fucking pyramid like at that time it then was also changed to a different pyramid and then a different pyramid and then now it's a whole different thing and 
Now anyway. it's like, isn't now isn't it like a plate looking yes, thing? Yes, and like, which I will talk about. It's like mostly the same uh-huh. <laughs> on like all the food groups. It's like, it wow, always is. A balanced diet is actually really good for you yeah who would have fucking thought yeah well and it's always like oh a balanced diet is whoever's like lobbying you to tell them yeah. what a balanced diet is um so the original version of the food pyramid which was kind of more of like a pie chart suggested only one serving of quote leafy green vegetables nice and seven servings of butter or margarine jesus christ and four servings of the dairy section which they had labeled as milk cheese or ice cream <laughs> for, have four servings of ice cream a day folks yes oh that'll be that'll great. keep that'll you well. i mean they used to tell you that cigarettes were good for you so, yes and yes. cocaine so yeah that is true and i mean i'm sure that a lot of us have seen that one like I think it was probably like Vogue magazine from like the 70s. And it's like it has this woman drinking like an entire fucking bottle of wine every day. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, Uh. But yeah, you know, of course, we know that back in like the 30s to 70s, people were complete idiots about nutrition. And so it had to be updated with better information in more modern decades. Right. You would not. (laughs) Wrong. The pyramid was planned to be updated in 1991 to a more vegetable-heavy diet because they realized vegetables are good for you. Um, (laughs) However, meat and dairy lobbying groups came down hard on the USDA, uh, angry with the way that the pyramid was representing their products. Uh, The USDA updated the pyramid but still disproportionately represented meat and dairy as being more beneficial food groups. And here is a quote from the book Fitness for Dummies. Quote, some of the recommended quantities for the different types of food in the old pyramid have also come under criticism for lack of clarity. For instance, the pyramid recommends two to three servings from the protein rich group, but this is intended to be a maximum. The pyramid recommends two to four fruit servings, but this is intended to be the minimum. So they've basically found ways to like tell the truth, but like twist it so that you're mm-hmm. like oh i i shall buy more meat products yeah no i should get three or four servings of meat every day mm-hmm. instead of like one if right. you eat meat you know or like right. protein or whatever you know insert protein that you sure. eat but like yeah yeah um and so the usda has now updated a pyramid to the plate as you were saying yeah. <laughs> uh featuring vegetable and vegetables and grains as like slightly larger sections than fruits and protein like literally it's like a little teeny little <laughs> slice bigger um and dairy is featured as a glass on the side of the plate which is interesting uh however when you dive into the specifics of my plate the usda still recommends three servings of dairy a day and claims that 90 percent of americans aren't getting enough dairy <laughs> i truly it's not That's i so funny. i am uh, okay also, continue like, <laughs> people there i think the majority of the population like still consumes dairy like yeah almond milk and all its little cousins and shit are making a big splash but like when i'm at the grocery store the amount of people that i see purchasing like gallons of milk i'm it's like rare it's the percentage of cow milk people to not cow milk people is higher like and it's i think it's i think it's again like to we were talking about this earlier like when you are in predominantly like leftist or queer Uh or 
spaces, vegan spaces, even like sure. you're gonna see. Like in my opinion, I'm like I don't fucking know anybody who still drinks fucking cow milk, but right. also. I'm not like interacting with like the majority of Americans, you know? Like- right, right. And, and uh, I'll, well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with like drinking cow milk. I don't yeah. think you're an ass- asshole or anything or like whatever. Uh, just want to put that out there. Like, I don't fucking care what you eat. Do what you do. But here's why the dairy is evil. Um, anyway. <laughs> So, despite the fact that one-fourth of the U.S. population is lactose intolerant, um, eggs have been found to produce higher cholesterol, and red meat consumption has been definitively linked to colon cancer, dairy and meat companies have still been pumping out information about the necessary health benefits of their products. You may remember the age-old myth that milk helps you produce calcium to have strong, healthy bones, Mm -hmm. um, or the incessant push that animal protein is a necessary part of your diet. Again, if you eat animal protein, that's fine. I don't care. Um, It's definitely not necessary. Yeah. A 2011 study funded by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. (laughs) Bro, these fucking names. The names are what get me. That's that's like Mr. Beefy's Cattle Beef time. (laughs) Mr. Meat's big meat, yeah. eating meat time where we eat meat with meat. <laughs> meat topped with meat. Uh, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association claimed to find no link between red meat consumption and col- colorectal cancer when dozens of other studies conducted by scientists with no monetary link to the agricultural industry mm. say otherwise. Wait, you're going to tell me that this study might have been biased in mm. the wrong direction coming from Mr. Meaty's meat topped with meat? <laughs> well, that just seems preposterous just, to me. I certainly cannot believe that. <laughs> in 2013, the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee released a meta-analysis on dietary cholesterol claiming that eggs did not have a link to higher cholesterol. 92% of these studies analyzed were funded by the egg industry. <laughs> Woo, of course they were. Oh, uh, yeah. It yeah. just goes to show that even, and when were when were these studies put out? Uh, That one was 2013. Uh-huh. The beef one was 2011. I mean, yeah, and those weren't too long ago, but mm-hmm. I just feel like it goes to show that, like, humans have never read anything past a headline. Like, That's we've always, exactly. We've always just wanted to read a headline and be like, oh, so I should be eating as much fucking right. meat as my body weight every day. Yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to... Like, it's too much work, and I am so tired from doing labor all day. Let me take a one sentence to figure out how to be healthy. Yeah, Great. No, for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, which, funny that you say that, because that literally was, like, in this article that I was reading, they were saying, and, yeah, typically people don't really read past headlines because yeah. they either don't have the time to or just don't feel like it. Yeah. And so they take these things based on a headline, which is always never like it always misrepresents the information and just go on with that which i just thought that was funny um so the current website for got milk it's like literally gotmilk.com claims quote milk does more than build strong bones milk's many vitamins and minerals benefit your overall health inside and out from disease prevention to muscle building milk is an essential part of helping everybody thrive wow yeah that was a great corporate slogan voice you just did thank you <laughs> hire me for voice acting people please someone hire fucking phoebe for voice acting right I now literally would love to gun to the microphone yeah. finger guns to the mic um 
hopefully not for like an evil milk dairy corporation, but you know. <laughs> Take what you can get out here. <laughs> Toss me a bone. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a strong one from drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so the Gut Milk website has a cheeky little infographic where you can scroll through and see the health benefits of cow milk over non-dairy options, which it just is so like, I'm just like, you sick bastards. Uh, it claims that cow milk has more nutrients and less carbs than oat milk. It's more natural than almond milk, has more vitamins than coconut milk, and is lower in fat than soy milk. So... Okay, I, and I don't, I don't know the like if any of that is true. Sure, but how are you going to claim that cow milk is more natural than almond milk mm-hmm. when, like, we eat almonds, like we eat plants, you know, like yep. that's something humans have always done. Whether like you have a meat diet or not, like you eat some amount of plants, right? And or like you know nuts and things that grow from the earth, but like. Cows aren't related to us. How is that more nat? I don't understand right. the fucking logic there. Uh, anyway, yeah, that seems like they were just like, ah, uh, we can't find anything that like fucking is better about cow milk than almond milk. Just right. put that it's more natural. It's natural. <laughs> um, and that the last statement about uh cow milk being lower in fat than soy milk could lead me to like an entire discussion about this nation's anti-fatty foods propaganda. Um, oh, yeah. and the fact that like. Fat is not bad for you. No, I fucking watched a video about this and how like how sugar got fucking pushed hard yes. against like trans fat when like as a way of like preventing like heart disease and stuff when uh-huh. it's actually the opposite. Like, right. it's like, crazy. Trans fats can literally help you like absorb nutrients. Like yeah, it's like it's aids wild. the body anyway. Uh, but, you know, can't talk about that because we got more milk to talk about here. Um. So I can't even begin to, like, discuss the abuse that factory farming puts cows through. I mean, this is a whole other, like, piece of this that I can't even get into here. Um, You know, they fucking pump female cows full of hormones. They artificially inseminate them until they literally cannot produce offspring anymore. Um, The cow is hooked up to a machine that sucks the milk out of her all day long. And, you know, she'll be used and used until she can't. And then when she's not of use anymore is then turned into meat. Yeah. Um and so, you know, not going to get more into that because I don't I'm I'm what I'm not trying to do here is be like a fear-mongering vegan or whatever. Yeah. We all know factory farming is evil and it's extremely abusive to animals. I don't need to tell you dirty details about it. And that's like another like episode in and of itself sure. like talking about that part of it, but I feel like focusing on like the Yes, the the, the corporate industry part of, part of it. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I will tell you more about more is the lies of the dairy industry. And so one of the bigger lies they tell is about how natural the milk is, um, as we were just talking about when they're comparing cow milk to almond milk, they're basically saying almond milk isn't as natural because there's like additives of, you know, other products or vitamins added in or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And milk is just milk. Um, they say how it's high in vitamins and nutrients without putting any additives in it. But one secret is that the additives are in the cows. These cows mm, are pumped yeah. full of hormones. And then because of the dirty and cramped conditions of these factory farms where like disease is usually rampant, to avoid that, they pump these cows full of, full of antibiotics. 
And then these antibiotics are then fed into humans through milk, cheese, and other dairy products, and probably the meat itself, Mm -hmm. um, which slowly lowers our ability to fight off disease on our own and slows our or uh, hinders our response to antibiotics when we do actually need them. And this is real. I mean, truly, these antibiotics that we're getting, it's it's not a, a huge change that we'll notice, but it's this slow thing over time that we it like breaks down necessary nutrients in our body, like these certain bacteria in our guts and things like that, that these antibiotics are killing. And then we can't fight off disease as well because the necessary bacteria in our guts is dead because we're unknowingly taking all these antibiotics. And then it makes our, um, what's the word? It builds up our immunity to antibiotics. And so then when you do get an infection and you take penicillin or whatever, it doesn't work. Because we're taking yeah, antibiotics every time you drink a glass every, of fucking milk. Which, you know, three to four servings a day, baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Seven servings of butter or whatever. <laughs> um, and of course, I haven't even mentioned like the unsanitary conditions for milk itself and what the FDA guidelines allow to pass as clean and safe milk um, or yeah. any food, FDA approved food for that matter. Uh, and they, so like, diet white so you don't see like the yeah. gross shit in it yeah. like i feel like i saw something like an article or a video or something about like milk that's not dyed and mm. it's like not very appealing yeah look that up at your own risk i suppose yeah. but yeah and <laughs> yeah there's milk. there's been podcast episodes done on the fda and how it's like not super great and i think mm-hmm. a lot of us who are americans know especially if you've like compare it to like european food it's like dear god what are we what are we eating here yeah. Um, <laughs> and so this isn't to say that the people who consume dairy or meat are bad or wrong. I have no moral qualms with the everyday person yeah. who consumes these foods. It's easier. I, we've been conditioned since, I mean, uh, hello, since fucking 1930, whatever, to like eat meat and dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what a lot of people just base their lives around in a lot of cultures. That's how you do it. Like, I, I whatever, literally eat whatever you want. I don't eat meat, but I don't care what you do with your life, you know? Um, I know plenty of people who are healthy who eat meat and dairy. I'm in no way telling you like how to eat or what to eat. But what I am telling you is to look at what your government will lie to you about. Look at what the government is in control of and who they have to answer to at the end of the day. Because big dairy is in bed with big government and it's pulling the strings on which studies to fund, which nutritional PSAs to run, and which foods to promote as healthy nutritional options. And question that. And question like i don't know look to who is giving them money and for what yeah right i mean that's always like if you follow the follow the money as they say like the paper trail mm-hmm. you can find out some real interesting things yeah which like you know obviously that's tough and we don't all have time for that but i do think you know when you do see these headlines that talk about like chocolate milk can help you not get concussions if you play football and shit like just just look at the footnotes of who's funding that study and you know maybe go from there and same for like pharmaceuticals and all those kinds of things like question everything absolutely cool hell yeah i love it (laughs) well we're gonna we're gonna take another burn plastic break Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back, and I'll do my little section on some other industries. <laughs> Wahoo. Wahoo. Plastic. 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 In the environment. <laughs> 
Ooh, yeah, yeah. We're rocking and rolling. So back, dude. That's a fun, like, white people phrase that I love. <laughs> rocking and rolling. How how the heck are you? Yeah, like when, uh, I don't know, like, your dad, like, takes you to the hardware store yeah. and he, like, gets all the stuff he needs and he's like, we're rocking and rolling. So true. So true. Let's, yeah, uh, let's rock and roll. I feel like that was another mm-hmm, that was, that mm-hmm. was a good peak white people culture yeah. for sure. I will also say every single time, I've been going to the hardware store a lot because house. Yeah. And every time I go, I feel like I just, like, embody my father. Yeah. Like, I just, oh, yeah. like, feel like I, like, walk around and, like, talk like my dad would. And I don't even know, like, my dad says howdy a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know why. He's not Southern, but he just <laughs> he just likes the phrase howdy. And, like, I feel like I'll just, like, all of something, like, comes into my body and I'm like, howdy <laughs> to people. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I had Heelys because I was fucking sick, yeah. dude. And uh... you were getting mad sniz. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, eleven years old, fucking sniz, sniz central. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we would like my favorite thing to do is to go with my dad to fucking Home Depot because the floors were so yes, smooth. Yes. So I'd fucking like I'd be zooming around those fucking <laughs> aisles. I'd run into an employee, they'd get mad. I'd like bolt off. It was uh-huh, sick. Uh-huh. Lit times. So dude. good. The lighting section and hardware oh, yeah. stores. So calming. It makes me feel yeah, just like yeah. centered. Truly, yeah. I remember. Yeah, just all that, all that jazz. I wish I could do my therapy appointments in the lighting section of Lowe's. (laughs) The liminal space that is the lighting section of Lowe's. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Take us Uh, away, Taylor. So I'm going to be talking about everybody's fave topic today, which is dying. (laughs) It's going to be real cheerful this time. Uh, So it's no surprise that capitalism being the terrible system that it is would prey upon the grief and the pain of individuals who have recently lost family members and friends to the great comrade in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I was proud of that one. Karl Marx. Karl Marx, yeah. He's up there. He's up there. Karl Marx, God, show me the difference. Mm. From uh, most of the the info is from a few articles here, but from a Wired.com article, Randy Hino, I think it's Hinojosa had to pay nearly $15,000 for a funeral for his wife of 26 years to uh, that he lost due to COVID-19. He, like many other people who experienced loss during the pandemic, drained his savings account and turned to crowdfunding tactics to pay for the funeral of uh, his late wife. Fucking hell, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. According to the National Funeral Directors Association, it was reported in 2019 the average funeral cost was about $9,135. Oh, my God. This did not include the cost of funeral spaces and grave markings, uh, markers or monuments. So that's Mm. just like for burial expenses, um, like purely burial expenses. services i guess are included in that too mm. like if you have the funeral home like hold the service yeah, and things like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. so about you know just under ten thousand dollars for jesus christ burying a loved one yeah uh cremation which was uh has often been noted for many years as a like cheaper and greener alternative to burials uh mm-hmm. still averages about six thousand six hundred and forty five dollars oh per God. cremation so I mean, even you're still looking at over five thousand dollars if you go with like the cheaper option, right? Which is what most people, I, and that's for a long time. I feel like those were kind of the only two options that people like yeah. knew were options. You yeah. Know? 
Uh, not only is the business of dying an expensive affair, but it also has its consequences on the environment. Burials don't just put human remains in the ground, but an estimated 1.6 million tons of concrete per year and 800,000 gallons of formaldehyde. Oh, <laughs> my God. 1.6 yeah. million tons of concrete. I didn't even think about the concrete thing because they do totally mm-hmm. like line the graves with concrete so that you don't decompose into the earth. Exactly. Oh, my uh, God. Let's see here. Just for some perspective. So the a male adult whale, northern, yeah, whale, blue whale, I should say, sorry, weighs on average to of 100 to 12 or like 120 tons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, is someone's good, quick math. Uh, eight hundred or one point six million tons, a hundred tons for a blue whale. How many blue whales is that? A lot, a whole bunch. Yeah, of blue whales being put into the ground yeah. in concrete every year. Yeah. Um, cremation. Uh, on the other hand, generates an estimated five hundred and thirty-four point six pounds of carbon dioxide per oh. person. Oh, so that's per person who is cremated. Jeez. <laughs> so that's, say that number again. Uh, five hundred and thirty-four point six. Oh God. Of carbon dioxide. Yeah. So like these are <laughs> kind of like horrific numbers of like <laughs> yeah. what we're doing to the planet. That like you don't even think about like the funeral industry when you think about like yeah you know pollution, but like it's right. a big it's a big thing. Well, and it's a thing. It's a, like <clears throat> you when you're in the position of like somebody who needs to make a funeral happen as like a, you know, person who's lost someone like mm-hmm. you, can, you, you don't, you don't have the time or even the mental capacity to think about this. Exactly. You're just like, what do I do now with this person who's not alive anymore? Yeah. And it's, it's thrusted on you so quickly. Oh my God. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Like the amount of times you hear about people who like, Oh, like loved one passed away and they have like a funeral, like literally the next week yes. or something. It's like, yes. that's an insanely fat. And I know like bodies decompose quickly, like sure. don't get me wrong, but yeah. like, that's a, that's a, like an insane amount of time to have to make like these yes. huge decisions, yes. you know, which is what we'll talk about a little bit more, uh, towards the end here. This uh, economic condition of post-mortem expenses has coined the term professors and scholars call funeral poverty. Without having significant reform to the system, many families find themselves with maxed out credit cards and crippling personal loan debt amidst their grief. Oh, Um, God. Nearly 3% of bodies are left unclaimed by the families of the deceased due to these crazy prices. Mm. Sheriffs, medical examiners, social workers, and chaplains will often be left to cremate or bury the remains themselves. So this is for, you know, a variety. Not all of them, of course, are going to be necessarily, like, expense reasons. I think that's probably the largest factor. Yeah. Sometimes people are just grieving too much to, like, handle it. Or these people might not have any family left. There's, There's a variety of things, but... Again, 3% of all the people that die yeah. like yearly, that's a pretty big portion it that is. doesn't get you know taken care of. Um, this obviously uh, is a terrible situation for someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one and can't afford to give the proper respect and goodbye that I'm sure they would like to 
the situation has only become increasingly worse and worse as income inequality and other factors have affected the nation, such as the pandemic or, you know, there's a variety of factors that, of course, have, you know, lent their hand to income inequality. But I feel like right. the pandemic was a huge one because we were seeing people obviously passing away at a higher right. rate, but also those loved ones of those people were out of work. Right. So there was like not a lot of uh, things that could be done. Right. I don't know. It was crazy. Uh, thing. Uh, for uh, most of American history, people would often die at home um, and members of the community would prepare the bodies and build the castic caskets to see their neighbors and loved ones off onto the afterlife. This changed around the time of the Civil War when soldiers began to die in far-off battlefields. Huh. Morticians uh, at the time popularized the techniques of embalming so that bodies could be sent back to their homes and for their families to bury at that time. Right. Um, of course, this was more of like a, like, they made like an industry out of it, definitely. Um, and, you know, the, the morticians made money off of this, but it, of course, wasn't anything nearly like what they do you know are doing today yeah but this truly was for the purpose of like you want to see your son again sure and we're shipping him across the country yeah we gotta we can't make sure that yeah. he's gonna not there's not you probably won't want to see him if we just threw his body in a casket and took him back <laughs> right to you, you know right so, so i guess i understand it to a degree there sure um the death industry or big death uh, as people have come to call it today is a uh, $20 billion industry. This is comparable to the music industry and <laughs> the meat substitute industry mm, in America. <laughs> These companies and services are known for unchecked prices and markups as high as 500% on caskets. Holy um, fuck. Like caskets alone. As, so, yeah, 500% more expensive to buy it than it was to make it. Yeah. As public sentiment on funerals uh, began to change, the industry, or has begun to change, the industry has not. Cremation, which tended to be a loss for a company, um, for like a funeral home, mm-hmm. because it like would cost more to cremate than it would to, like, than what they could charge people for it. Right. Uh, because this was a loss, uh, the companies would oftentimes overcompensate by selling unneeded services to the victims like pre-cremation embalming and expensive urns, which doesn't make any sense. Why would you embalm someone before yeah, burning them? Yeah. You know, like embalm a body? No need. There's no need. But these were like services that people were were have like were basically tricked into buying. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're grieving. You know, again, it's... Yeah. To, to say the least, like these people that are selling them this are being shady, but also they're preying upon people who are like, in some cases, having like the worst yeah. moment of their entire yeah, like life. Yeah, extreme <laughs> emotional turmoil. Yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, it's like you're having all of these choices thrust upon you like days after your loved one has died. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough for sure. And I think a lot of people don't like. I I don't fucking know all of the like what to do with a mm-hmm. decomposing body. Like, so I you would assume, oh, this person whose entire job is this would probably know. Would understand. And yeah. so you're grieving, and you're like, yeah, I guess embalm my person mm-hmm. before you cremate them. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is also in like the man- the manipulation tactics of how they present like the things to you totally. as well like and we kind of will get into this a little bit more as okay. well but it's like you know if they if you're looking at like a list of urns right like oh 
they're gonna put their their top shelf high <laughs> price one top shelf urn sure yeah. on the fucking top yeah. you know and it's like again if you're in a if you're in that kind of state are you gonna take the time to literally look through like this funeral homes selection of 75 urns exactly. to find like which one's the cheapest yeah especially if they don't have the prices listed there and you're just mm. going based off of like this is really pretty this was yep. my loved one's favorite color blah yep. blah like yep. there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of like manipulation that goes Absolutely. on without like again it's it's like it's like they're lying to you they're they're not like necessarily lying to you but they're like omitting the truth yes you know? yes kind of that yes shit. uh Gone are the days of the mom and pop funeral services in towns and communities being replaced, and that they're they've been replaced by larger corporations who provide the services. Service Corporation International, which is real A plus name, yeah, there, I guess. like that's that sounds like something that's in like a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's like, like a dystopian. Bom, bom, <laughs> this like big factory putting out like smoke. Yeah, Service Corporation International. <laughs> is the largest funeral service provider in North America with over 1500 funeral homes and 500 cemeteries on its books. This accounts uh, or this company accounts for about 16% of all funerals in the industry. Jeez. At least in the US, I sure. should say. Uh, while capitalism would have you believe that a larger company would save people money, uh, it is reported that services of Service Corporation International Averages about forty-seven to seventy-two percent higher than competitors. No fucking way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, I mean, no, I don't. I don't. I don't gotta give you all a lesson on monopolies and why those are bad. <laughs> but this is a. It's a monopoly. Like Fully. They are at least at least they're in, like an oligopoly, which is like yeah. a few companies that all control. So like they're gonna keep their prices high, of course, because they fucking own sixteen yeah, percent of funerals. Yeah, because they can. Yeah, like why the fuck wouldn't they? I mean. Unless they weren't evil, but... (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, that's giving. That's Uh, uh, wishful thinking. Fortunately, though, you will be be thrilled to hear, Phoebe, that uh, (laughs) the shareholders of Service Corporation International have reported a uh, 151% increase in the stock uh, in the last five years. Well, you know what? (laughs) I'm really happy for them. So happy. Congratulations, shareholders. (laughs) So glad that you... Have seen an, a 100% increase in making money off of people. 150. 100, oh, 150. <laughs> may, of making money off of people dying. <laughs> the pain and suffering of people. <laughs> Truly the pain and suffering of people. At its purest like, form. Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't get more like this is the true pain and suffering of the individual Jesus than like Christ. you made money off of somebody's fucking funeral <laughs> you evil son of a bitch it's so evil <laughs> it's like that fucking meme of mojo jojo and i think it's him from uh powerpuff girls yes and they're like that's the most evil thing i've ever <laughs> yeah, heard yeah. And they're like crying. they're like wiping a tear yeah. away yeah literally literally yeah. like wow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in the 1970s, the FTC or Federal Trade Commission instituted the funeral rule, which required funerals to give itemized accurate pricing. However, in 2020, the agency's own undercover investigator found that nearly 19% of funeral homes they visited did not give adequate pricing information. 
proving that many of the feder- of the funeral homes are consciously misleading the mourning families of the deceased people yeah. to maintain a monopoly on the industry that most people uh, have such little knowledge about. Yeah. And Straight are up. not properly equipped to make this kind of decision on their own. Like yeah. you were saying, like we, we don't fucking know what goes into preparing a body you know like it's like how the fuck are we supposed to know we're trusting this person and they are blatantly ignoring ftc guidelines literally literally like yeah (laughs) completely fucking lying to you and overcharging you for Mm -hmm. disposing of your loved one's body and i think one of the things that is i mean that one of the things that makes it the most slime i mean it's all fucking slimy but Death is something that's an unfortunate, like, essential of life, you know? Totally. Like, at some point, everyone will have to deal with someone close to them passing away. Like, right. that's just a universal human experience. Yeah. So not only is it, like, they're preying on the pain and suffering of people, but they are preying on people, on the pain and suffering of, like, people who will have to go through this at some point. It's right. Like, like it's, it's an it's essential. A, it's a guaranteed money maker exactly like people are never gonna stop dying right like. <laughs> right and people are always gonna want to like honor that person's death in some way that you yeah. can charge them thousands of dollars for yeah and you know again it's uh just by misleading misrepresenting the pricing and the requirements of the actual burials right um another key part of the problem this is kind of what i was getting at earlier is like the mental state of individuals that are making decisions for loved ones mm-hmm. as well Humans uh, are sentimental creatures. Like, we love to <laughs> hold on to little knickknacks and, you know, all the things that humans do that, like, don't, r- like, I don't know, in the grand scheme of evolution don't matter, but, like, sure. they're important to us. Yes. Kind of a thing, yes. you know? Uh, and we want to pay, like, our proper respects to those of us who are no longer with us. Uh, this may cause people to make rash decisions without properly comparing prices or settling for whatever is offered by the funeral homes without asking or comparing prices with other ones. Right. There's like a, I mean, it didn't give like a statistic, but it was like most, you know, most people will call a funeral home, arrange everything and not think twice about it. Like they sure. don't look into other funeral homes. They I mean, don't look not into other options. Call and get a hundred quotes and exactly. like, like you don't have the time or the like mental capacity to do that. So you're going to call the place that's like Google funeral homes near me, exactly, whatever's closest yeah. and just go. Yeah. Whichever one has like the most ad budget for Google. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the government has attempted to offer some aid to individuals who are struggling to bury their family members. However, funds are not always accessible and the reimbursements are often minuscule in comparison with the prices. Um, here's a here's a fun little uh, question for you. Oh, no. How much would you guess the average reimbursement is per person under these programs? Oh, no. So per deceased individual, which again, uh-huh. burials averaging almost $10,000, cremation, just uh, over six yeah how much would you guess the average reimbursement is oh god um a thousand dollars that's too high oh it's no 255 dollars fucking hell <laughs> god damn you pay it ten thousand dollars to bury a loved one and you get reimbursed 255 dollars cool <laughs> Cool. Yeah. And how that's so that's so insulting. It's like you just have, you know, one of the most like traumatic and and 
like sad experiences of your life and then the government gives you this little or whoever gives you this little check mm-hmm. and you open it up <laughs> and you go perhaps some relief two hundred and fifty five dollars go buy a gallon of gas <laughs> jesus christ um, so yeah, and I wrote here, it's not surprising that a government that doesn't even provide adequate health care would, <laughs> would fail to provide adequate death care yeah. to individuals. Uh, well said. so, um, the, uh, myself, I, I wanted to go in and do a little investigative journalism as yes, I like to do from our time good to time. Sir. And so I found a couple of websites here. I'm going to read through the, uh. What they offer. So the first website is discountcremation.online. So this is discount cremation. <laughs> oh no. This isn't even this isn't even full price. Oh god. So there's simple cremation. This is our cheapest package. Uh service of funeral director and staff, filing death certificates, uh transportation of your loved one into our care, sanitary care, cremation in our private uh Kramer crematorium. Uh this package right here is 600 or sorry yeah 695 dollars so baseline i mean i guess that's better than six thousand but yeah that's basic package right id confirmation plus cremation next package service of funeral directors and staff basically all the same stuff but uh preparation of your loved ones so that the small family viewing is respectful that's what is included in this uh private family viewing limited to 10 people or for up to 20 minutes. Oh. And this is an extra $1,000. Oh. 16.94 is how much this one costs. Okay. Also, ID confirmation. That's so that means what it says. we're making sure that we're giving you the right cremated remains. I, I, I'm making an assumption here, but I feel that that's what they're saying there is saying We've confirmed that this yeah. cremated remains is your person. I mean, that's how they put it. So, so I it's like, that's is the $650 one or the whatever, the original one, yeah. you're not sure? You're not double you're checking not to double make checking. sure this is Uncle Richard? <laughs> um, and so then the last package they have on here. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So we'll do two more. Uh, the next one up is... Funeral service plus cremation. Um, it goes through basically all the same things, but it has additional preparations, a register book. So I assume like for people who show up at the cremation mm-hmm. or the fu- the service. Sure. Embalming preparations, which again, you don't need for a cremation. Yeah, nope. <laughs> unless they're doing an open casket funeral and then cremating. Yeah. But even, at, I don't know, I don't know. Whatever, whatever people want, but. Cadillac hearse and driver for viewing and funeral. Oh, Christ. Dressing, cosmetics, and casketing. Uh, uh-huh. One day funeral service limited to three hours. So not a full day even, but yeah, limited three hours. Uh, $3,999. Oh, my God. And this is discount. And this is discount. This is discountcremation.online. Oh, my God. Uh, Dot online. <laughs> the last one they have here uh, is a two-day funeral s- service plus burial. Um. So this might actually be a uh, actual burial, not yeah, a cremation, not a cremation, but goes through all the same things. I think this is yeah for an actual burial, so it's uh, all the same things as that last one, but they bury the body instead of cremating it. Mm-hmm. Four thousand seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Mm. So we are hitting the nearly the five thousand yep. dollar mark. Yep. At discount yep. cremation. <laughs> Dot online. <laughs> Dot online. 
Next one we have is Premier Funeral Services. Um, All right. Just to go through it real quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got basic service. And this kind of like puts it, I think it itemizes it more. So this is like basic services of the funeral director and the staff. So this is like just the service cost is $595. Okay. Preparation of the body. Um, and it says, you know, it has a little disclaimer. It's like embalming is not required by law. Embalming may be necessary. However, mm. if you select certain funeral arrangements, such as a funeral with viewing, if you do not want embalming, you usually have the right to choose an arrangement that does not require you to pay for it, such as direct cremation or immediate burial. Mm. Embalming, $700. Dressing, casket, and cosmetology. Yeah, cosmetology, 150 Hairdressing, $50. Restoration, $100. Special care for restoration of autopsy, $350. Sanitary care of unembalmed deceased, mm. uh, $100. Mm. Use of facilities and equipment. And again, this is at like premier, this is their specific location, yeah. I guess. Uh, use of staff and equipment for funeral services, $350. Uh, use of staff and equipment for viewing, $350. Use of staff and equipment for a graveside service, $350. This is all kind of the same. Uh-huh. Private family viewing, one hour max, $350. Oh, my God. Identification viewing, one hour max, limit of three people, $150. <laughs> Shelter of remains after three days, $100. Refrigeration per day, $100. Oh, my God, dude. Arrangement conference, $350. Mortuary cleaning deposit, $700. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, Which it's like... So every day that, you know, you're, you haven't chosen what yet you want to do with your mm -hmm. person you loved who's just died and they're in that refrigerator so that you can make a choice, a hundred bucks. hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, transportation and use of automotive equipment, um, transfer remains to mortuary, $350, funeral vehicle, like a funeral coach, uh, $350. These all wouldn't all be the same, but limousine. Our family car, $250 per hour. Mm. Utility vehicle, $350. Additional mileage charged at $2.25 per mile. Yeah. So that's like within, so it's the baseline is like within a 50 miles of the service. So uh -huh. anything additional to that is $2.25 per mile. Mm -hmm. uh, forwarding of the remains to another funeral home. So if it goes here and then you choose a different one, uh, $1,295. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, receiving the remains from another funeral home, nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. Oh my god. There's uh, direct cremation says six hundred and fifty to two thousand nine hundred and forty-five dollars. I feel like I've kind of made my point yes. at this point. Yes. Like, yes. It's it adds up very quickly, yeah. and again, like there was that little disclosure about embalming not being necessary, but then it was immediately followed by. But embalming, embalming is, uh, or you know, maybe necessary in certain cases. And uh -huh. this and this, like they very much want you to get the body embalmed. <laughs> yes, yes, because that's a big uh, money maker for them. Mm -hmm. When we just our culture, especially in the United States, surrounding death is so like just not healthy. I don't think, or like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's looked at in a very weird way that has allowed it to become this like industry or perhaps vice versa. The industry made it become this like yeah. massive thing. And yeah, it's just 
there's just so much to it like funeral and just what to do after somebody's died anyway that's so like devoid of emotion or devoid of like compassion I guess like the fact that it's like you when somebody dies you have to go get multiple death certificates to prove that this person is dead you have to deal with their estate you have to deal with you know all of their possessions you have to choose what you're going to do for the funeral and choose what you're going to talk about at the funeral and plan out the whole fucking Mm -hmm. thing within days like or you can pay someone else to do it for you and yes. pay an insane fucking price. Right, like, that's the thing is yeah that it's like you're so overwhelmed and you're like I would rather just these people know how to do funerals so I will just pay them to do the funeral. Exactly. And then they're like do you want to do this thing and you're like sure, do you want to do this thing? Well, I guess. And then especially if it's like okay, they they offer you the prices, right? Like you've picked this funeral home, you finally see their pricing. Yeah. And they're like, "Okay, that's the pricing." And you're like, "Well, what the fuck? That's way expensive." And they're like, "Okay, well, you can move it to another funeral home, but that's going to be another that's going to be $1200 right there <laughs> just to move it and probably get, you know, all the charge even if this place is cheaper, you're gonna have to pay all the stuff at the other funeral home. Exactly. Like that's fucking so slimy. It is. It it's is. Gross. Yeah. Um, but to end on a little bit of a positive note, uh, an alternative to the normal funeral experience is what has been called or dubbed green funerals or natural burials. Mm-hmm. Uh, recent reports show that about 54% of Americans are now considering green burials as an alternative to a typical burial. In, and uh, oh, and cemeteries have seen a 72% increase in demand for a more natural and eco-friendly burial. Choices can be made in every step of the burial process to limit the carbon footprint of uh, typical death costs and actually improve the local ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Instead of expensive caskets that are covered in concrete, uh, <laughs> often with often with green burials, many deceased can choose to simply be wrapped in co- in a cotton shroud and lowered into the ground. Families can decide to plant various shrubs and greenery on top of the graves as well. Nice. In addition to not putting a bunch of shit in the ground, (laughs) it actually also helps uh, with conservation. The land that a person is buried in is considered hollowed ground, and having areas with these burials taking place can protect the local wildlife and plant species from otherwise being destroyed for development uh, or even the upkeep of a traditional cemetery. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know all of the specifics. I'm sure that they bury them, like, deep enough that, like, animals aren't going to be, like, eating their remains. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure they have, again, like, ways of doing this that are uh, friendly to the animals and, you know, the respectful to the dead. Sure. <laughs> on top of all of that, green burials tend to be a lot cheaper when considering all the costs that are saved on your typical expenses. Mm. The burial process itself costs about the same amount of money, uh, but the fancy over-the-top expenditures are often left behind in favor of more minimalistic burial procedures. Mm. So, like, you know, again, if you're not doing the embalming, which, as we, like, saw before, that was, like, $700, that saves you that, saves you the casket prices, saves you even the price of, like, if you're cremating, like, urns and uh, just all of these things. So you're going to be seeing, like, a significantly cheaper price. It still would probably be, like, expensive but right less so yeah embalming also uh interestingly enough is not a required process kind of as we heard before it's purely done for cosmetic purposes and mm-hmm. holds no actual benefit to the body after it is laid to rest often actually the body will dispose of such chemicals at a later time when they are flushed through the art- arterial system arterial hmm. system yeah arterial 
A lot of experts in the field also suggest that if a loved one uh, is to choose to go the cremation route, that they consider a let your love grow product instead of simply spreading the ashes of the deceased loved ones. This turns the remains uh, into nutrient-rich soil for a memorable flower or tree. This eliminates the impact uh, that spreading ashes can have on a delicate ecosystem. Mm. So, you know, I know, I think it mentioned in the article that, like, the Aspens is a place where people have spread a lot of ashes, and mm. it has had some impact on, like, the, ash- sure. the nature there. Yeah. But, yet again, they, they go through the process of turning it into nutrient-rich soil right for these like specific things so it's better obviously for the environment yeah so there are ways that can do it again i don't know exactly how these this compares to normal funeral costs but again i think with the environmental aspect alone like this is definitely something to look into more of yeah yeah Uh, and again i mean all that aside if you bury somebody in the ground and they decompose you have more space to bury more people in the ground. Right. Whereas if you're putting blocks of concrete in the ground, there's only so much ground. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And as we discussed, people will keep dying. Yeah, that part's not changing. People die. Until we, like, figure out how to ascend (laughs) past our flesh, our earthly forms, you know? (laughs) Our mortal uh, vessels. Our mortal sarcophaguses or whatever. Yeah, so that's Sam. Yeah, that's big death. Yeah, it's uh very evil. Yeah, so evil. S- like so sinister. One of the most like cartoonishly evil. Truly, things I've looked truly. into. Truly, yeah, point. yeah. It's just, it's just. And wolf. like again, you just like you can't write this like service. Uh, yeah. What the fuck is it's it? It's like service industry corporation, corporation. or yeah, whatever. Like, like, or like... no service corporation international. Like, <laughs> like that again. It's like you can't write. That's like an this. evil company in a movie exactly yeah like, like that's that's like the fascist company in like a fucking movie like, exactly that's probably what they called like the uh thing in like wally yeah yes totally right right yeah yeah and yeah. it's just again like this culture is so weird with death and you know and then religion plays a massive part in it oh, and absolutely. it's just like yeah it's just mm-hmm. it's just I mean, I think that that's, like, a big thing, too, is, again, like, we're sentimental. People don't want their, you know, in those times of hurt, I'm sure they're not, like, thinking about how, like, oh, this impacts the environment. Right, because you like, can't. Yeah. No, no, like, you're just trying to get through the day, right? Exactly. Like in some cases, so. And that's why I think a lot of this, too, like, what the articles were recommending is, like, if you have the ability to kind of prepare for these things beforehand like whether you're you make like a will um mm-hmm. last will and testament or whatever mm-hmm. uh these kinds of things like if you can tell somebody about this or even you know have just like have it written down in your house or like whatever just sure. like kind of your wishes i think even just doing something as simple as that can help a loved one when they're when they are faced with these decisions right, to be like well i have their actual instructions and yeah. like kind of what they were wanting right here you know yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's my advice, I guess. <laughs> well said. Thank you. Well said, friend. Anyway, if you uh, want to see some pictures, Phoebe, where can I view some pictures? You can view some pictures on Instagram.com at Remarks Podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, you can tweet at us at Remarks Pod. You can also um, 
check out my personal music. Phoebe mentioned it at the beginning. It's uh, Taylor Lacey. My album is kind of political, but mostly sad. And it's very good. <laughs> um, you can also tweet at me personally. Uh, what the fuck is my Twitter handle? <laughs> is it? Isn't it at Phoebe Elise? I think it's yeah, Phoebe's Elise. Wait, uh, let's let's make sure. Yeah, Phoebe's Elise. Um, and Taylor's vegetable trash. If you want to tweet mm-hmm, at him mm-hmm. personally. So true. Um, what and else? Shout out to our patrons. Shout out to our patrons. We have uh, Terry Soltero. We have Justin Vass. Andrew Vass. And Emily Doran. Thank you. Thank you. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um. If you so wish. Yes, please. That would be awesome. We would appreciate that and share it with your friends. Yeah. Let your friends know about Big mm-hmm. Cheese and Big Death. Let If you know someone who makes things that require voice acting, let them hit up Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I I think it would be fun. It, I mean, yeah. I would love I, it. Honestly, if someone did like a, like a video game or something where <gasps> there was like an evil corporation called Service Corporation <gasps> International, yes. you would have a great like evil corporate slogan voice yeah Yeah. here at service corporation international we put you first exactly (laughs) oh it's too good it's too good voice voice people hit me up hit us up um well thanks for listening and k love you bye. bye